Hey, hey, wizards, and welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast, your go-to for all things e-commerce and Amazon selling. I am your host, Naomi. Today, I have the absolute pleasure to have Anna, other than Amanda Horvath. She is amazing, and today's topic is going to be no other than how to make money by how to make money online by being authentic. And she is my go-to person simply because I've been following her content for the past almost two years, I would say, and during all the episodes or all the episodes i'm calling these episodes all the content that she published she came across as an authentic person and i was just giving the compliment she's even more authentic in real life so um yeah today's topic is going to be how to make money basically um by being authentic uh she has an amazing background she's a content creator she's a prolific youtuber and she is also a coach amanda welcome to the show thanks so much for having me stoked to be here Stoked to have you on. So could you share just a bit background of who you are and yes, what have you been up to the past year or so? Absolutely. So my career really started as a video marketer that was shooting and editing videos for clients. So very much video background, getting in there, making it happen. And at some point in time, it got to the point where I was like, you know, I'm just showing up and hitting record on such a simple shot with these business owners and they're paying me thousands of dollars to do it. And if they just had a little education, they could totally do this themselves. They don't need me. And that really kicked off my online journey of stepping in front of the camera and starting to share with business owners how they could do it themselves um, using their phone, which these days sounds super obvious, but back in 2018 was not so obvious. (laughs) I was convincing people that video was the thing, you know? (laughs) And five years later, it's very obvious. And I have gotten kind of sick of talking about the same thing over and over and over again, and have been really going on my own exploration journey of navigating, here's what the algorithm wants me to talk about, but here's what I want to talk about. And how do I balance those two things together? How do I continue to show up more authentically, both on camera, but also just in everyday life? And the method or the mechanic that I've been using to be able to, the mechanism, there you go, the mechanism I've been using to be able to do this is a system called human design, which is essentially a personality test based on when you're born. That is a very watered down explanation of what it is. (laughs) Okay. We do want to hear more about that also. All right. So, um, that's an amazing story. All right. But you've been way more than that. You're also super like you're creating a ton of content, right? So uh, this sounded as if I want to help others as well and so on. But it's like behind the curtains, you're doing a lot more than that. Just like <laughs> so our listeners will know as well. So tell me just a bit about how, how did you started with content creation since you were talking about uh, back when in 2015, you were saying? 18. 2018, I started my channel. All right. Yes. So then it was like a different game algorithm worked differently it was like i am this person who want to create content want to share with my audience want to help others and then eventually also to make money online but like how did everything started and what was your journey basically there as well yeah absolutely so i was spending all my time shooting and editing videos for clients which if anyone that has done client work in the past you know that that is very time intensive. It's like the you get paid per hour that you put in. And so if you put more hours into client work, then you make more money. 
And so I didn't have that much time left at the end of the day for me to be able to create my own content. But I knew that if I wanted to step out of this trading time for money kind of world, then I had to figure out a way to create videos without breaking the bank or taking up tons of their time, tons of my time. And so I really set out on this adventure of figuring out how can I make this possible for myself? And I analyzed YouTube to the nth degree. I watched tons of people. I saw what they were doing. I saw how they were structuring their videos. I saw what their videos looked like, how they were editing them, all the things, and came up with this system of just sitting down once per month, filming four videos, and then outsourcing the video editing. This is something that I had already been doing in my business as a videographer was outsourcing video editing because that's the most time intensive part of all of it. And with my clients, I would outsource as much as I possibly could, but then I would still need to have the final cut because people would, were wanting my work. And so I kind of started doing the same thing with my videos where I, I had them do the majority of it. I would go in and I would make final tweaks. And this allowed me to create videos in a consistent fashion that wasn't super time intensive. And as I continued doing that, I think I did it for two years. I didn't sell anything other than my business, video business, um, making videos for local clients, but I, I was starting to grow kind of an international audience or just na national, both, both international and national. And I needed to come up with an online course. And I knew from the very beginning that that was the direction I was headed. And I knew if I, I needed to have an online audience in order to create an online course, that's the specific angle that I took. Some people say you can do it the other way around, but it's definitely easier when you have an audience. Um, so I created my course in January of 2020 was my first launch of it. At the time it was called the, uh, I guess it was DIY video roadmap. And I did it January, 2020, May of 2020, and December of 2020, I launched it three times throughout that year and really went all in. And it, mm -hmm. it went really well. If you remember, 2020 yeah. was a crazy year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for everyone. everyone. Everyone was looking for how to make money, yeah. and especially online. That was the easy fix, yes. Exactly, yeah. And it was an interesting, really kind of a spiritual experience to a degree because had I not listened to this inner calling that I had to get in front of the camera and start sharing my message two years prior, I would have been completely out of work and been in a very different position in 2020 than I was experiencing because I actually listened to that intuitive call. And so that kind of started becoming a big part of my message was like, listen to this. Like it doesn't, if you have this desire to get in front of the camera, there's a reason for it. It's not just this egotistical kind of desire that you have, or, oh, everyone should be doing it kind of thing. There is something underneath the surface that is a bigger picture that are like, you know, God, whatever you believe in, like God is, has his hand in this desire of yours. And if you would just actually entertain it and move forward you never know what's going to come out of it right yeah yeah so that totally was... love totally it love story. it love it love it all right so I, I love that also you kind of learned how to monetize things i've seen that you mentioned that you three times launched your course i think that's a very interesting concept and i 
I think I followed along quite a while and it was like, you are doing tests how it works better, right? <laughs> so it's 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 going to work better if it's like this way, the course is going to work, work better if it's the other way, if it's a limited time offer and so on. And you are so genuine, like open about it as well. You know, most, most people are not like that. Most people are like, this is the way how you're going to make money and buy my course. And you were like, okay, yes. And this is how I'm also selling the course, you know? So I think that also builds trust and authenticity as well. So that's like, kudos to you. That's very, very well planned. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was just kind of part of it because it's a journey and and my audience is wanting to do it too. You know, a lot of my audience was wanting to sell online. And so they wanted to know the behind the scenes of what was going on. And so it was very much just like hearing what they're asking. And some people, they're like, I don't even want to get on camera, but I want to know like how you're doing the, or I already have figured out the on-camera thing and I want to know how you're doing the next thing. And so I did start talking a lot more about the course creation side of things, about launching online courses, about Amy Porterfield, who I followed to launch online courses, who's currently launching. But anyway, yeah, all that jazz. (laughs) It was a big part of the process. (laughs) I love it. Love it. All right. So what would your suggestion be for someone? And by the way, excuse me, that's the cat. We cannot like, I know that like kids and cats somehow with the cat, it's like, harder <laughs> so apologies for that you're fine but, um i think one question is going to be since we're talking about something that it seems like foo-foo, like authentic what means authentic spirituality god calling whatever you know i think one of the things that it's like always going to be there it's one you had the calling quote unquote or something that it was hey i do have to do this second thing is like having the know-how so learning about how to put together even content creation, how to put the process together, because this is YouTube content is necessarily client work content, if it makes sense. So Absolutely. then it's that's also a skill set, right? Third one is going to be learning the algorithm. So understanding YouTube and 2018 back then, like that's only like six years ago. Yeah, six, five, five years ago. Okay. All right. So little, <laughs> so, excuse my numbers. I'm just like, I'm living in the future. No, you're good. All right. So five years ago, during that period everything changed a lot so i think my question root is since so many things you have to be an expert at right when you're starting or right right when you're beginning i think most of the time whenever we have someone on it's like this is how you can make money and this is that they're already somewhere in there like at the way higher position that you would be right who's just starting out from your point of view, which are the things that most people are missing out on just because they don't have all the skills that you might have had in accumulated in the past five years? Yeah. So if you were starting a YouTube channel today and you had no video skills and you had no idea about YouTube, it would definitely feel overwhelming, right? Like there's definitely a feeling. A lot of people, they gravitate towards Instagram or TikTok because it's a little bit more beginner friendly. You don't have to do a ton of editing or there's editing already on the platform. Um, And even those can feel overwhelming, right? I'm not completely discounting them, but people say like they, they have an easier time figuring those out than they do long form video. So I think really the main thing to understand or the the basic knowledge that you need to understand is really looking at YouTube as what is YouTube? YouTube is a place that 
you can observe your own behavior on YouTube. There's kind of two different people, I think, that how they operate with YouTube. There's the person that only goes to YouTube when they're searching for a solution. Mm -hmm. How do I fix my broken sink, right? <laughs> for example, or you know, how to change a flat tire versus the person that is actually on YouTube following people and engaging with like just going on there for entertainment. Those are two totally different people. And you as a creator get to choose like, which market do I really want to play into? Am I trying to build, am I trying to find the person that is searching for the solution that is my niche, right? Um, for example, let's say you're an e-commerce company that sells diaper bags, <laughs> okay? <laughs> or whatever, let's right. give that as an example. Or like maybe kids, kids items. Well, your YouTube channel might be a family channel or something like that that is talking about like the top five diaper bags or the top five, you know, I'm some reason stuck on diapers, diaper changing station, like whatever it is. Right. And, and you're, you're more so going after that person that is going to YouTube and they say, I need a problem. I need to find X, Y, and Z. And maybe diaper bags aren't a great example, but you know, searching for what do I need to buy for newborns, whatever it is, that is going to be a specific game that you are playing in comparison to, let's say, someone that is like me, that is an active YouTube user. I go to YouTube. I don't really get on Instagram that much these days. I go on YouTube quite a bit and I'll just scroll and see like, what's, what's there? What, is, or what are they going to give me? And let's say it's like a mom that's sharing her story just to kind of play on the same niche of what she wished she knew before having her second baby, right? Or something like right. that. That is not necessarily something that someone's searching for. There might be some elements that someone is searching for, but it's a little bit more of a emotional hook that is going to draw someone in at a certain life stage that I would then click on that video and watch the video. Right. So those are kind of the two different audiences to kind of think about. The first how-to type audience is a great way to get started. It's a good way to get traction. It's a good way to kind of get out there. The second one you do want to start expanding into relatively quickly because that's really where the big growth happens on YouTube. For so many years, I stayed way too long in the how-to approach to YouTube, which creates a, a very impersonal audience to a degree mm -hmm. because they come, they get what they need, and they leave. They're not necessarily coming back to want to learn who you are. So that's the first thing to kind of think about. Then in addition to that, you really want to think about who are the people that are already successful within the niche that I am looking to go into right? Like, so really start, if you're not already watching YouTube, start watching, right? Like actually go on, like seriously, if you, any platform that you want to create on, if you're not a user, you're going to have a hard time. So start paying attention to what do I like and start pur purposefully watching content that you think your audience might like, see what else is coming up, see what else is being recommended to you. Instead of starting from scratch and saying, I want to create this video just because I want to create this video, start recreating titles that are already working, that are out there. That will get you the biggest traction 
especially like more recent titles. Um, so you can go to someone that's working really well. You can go to their videos tab. You can sort by most popular and look at what's working. Oh, top five. I bought the top five bags on Am- uh, Amazon. This is, you know, this is my result or whatever, like top five diaper bags on Amazon or best registry items for your newborn or whatever it is. Um, recreate those videos. And then once you start getting traction, then you can kind of start moving beyond it. So that's kind of the YouTube game side of things. I would say from a video perspective and stop me if I'm rambling too long. Um, You're good. You're you're better than that. You're great. (laughs) Perfect. The, from a video perspective, if you know, that's now, you know what to film. Oh, I know that I need to film this video. I need to do the top essentials for newborns or whatever because I know it's working. I know I can see all these other people have created this video and I know that this is something that people want to watch. Then the next step is, oh gosh, one, I'm incredibly awkward on camera. Two, I have no idea how to set up the gear. And there's, you know, three, I have no idea how to edit it, whatever they are. So the first is before you even launch your YouTube channel, just start filming. Like just start getting acquainted, like build a relationship with the camera and with you rewatching videos of yourself. Because, you know, this whole, I hate my voice, I hate how I look, all of those things, it's so normal to experience them at the beginning. And you look at who you, who you are on camera and you're like, that's not me. And there's this disconnect with it. And the more that you watch yourself, the more you're going to actually see all the things that you hate and you're going to change those things. And that's okay. You know, like, oh, I hate when I first started, I always talked with my chin up like this. And then I was like, okay, Amanda, like, why, like, put your chin down? Like, why are you doing that? You know, like maybe move the camera slightly higher. So it's not just like looking up my nose all the time or whatever. So you learn to kind of like shift these things about yourself so that you actually like it. Another thing you can do is like play with your on-camera presence. Like, you know, an exercise that I always tell my clients to do is say in a normal voice, I'm Amanda and I'm testing out my on-camera personality to see what works best for me. And then go 25% more excited. Then go 50% more excited. Use your hands, move your shoulders, use your head. And then 75%, like break your comfort zone, get uncomfortable. Then do 100%, watch it back and you'll be amazed at why you looked like a serial killer before. Like you'll understand, <laughs> oh, I just need to be more energetic. That's all I needed, you know? <laughs> so yeah. that alone will help massively. Um, so I think there's a kind of an incubation phase of like learning how to get on camera. Then you move into the, okay, now I'm actually doing it. I tested it. I wasn't releasing any of these videos. Now I'm going to actually film this video and start with minimal gear. Start with your phone, sit in front of a window, maybe buy a microphone. That'd be the first thing that I'd recommend people get is a microphone because people will deal with bad visuals, but they won't deal with bad audio. Yeah. Um, what would you advise people like me? I, I usually am very quiet person. And even like right now, the mic, it's like close to me, but it's not close enough, you know? <laughs> Speak up, right? <laughs> that should be enough. <laughs> love it, love it. You know what? Like, um, have you finished your tat? My what? Your tat? 
before I, I'm asking you before I'm oh, asking you the oh what I'm saying the yeah. so I'd say for the microphone I can say um what microphone would I recommend uh if you are the if you have the budget a Rode wireless go-to microphone and we can I'll send you the link and you can link it in in the show notes if you want is probably the best but it will run around $300 so if you're not ready for that just yet then I would say get a shotgun microphone that is just going to stick into your phone um and we can link to another one as well and that will just be arms distance you need to make sure you're sitting arms distance from the camera that will be better audio or get a webcam. The Lumina webcam is my fave. That's what I'm using right now. It's amazing. Really? All right. I was just checking it out yesterday, like out of the blue. Okay, that's cool. Which one do you have? The the last one, right? Which color do you have? I was looking at the silver one. I'm like, ooh, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I have silver. Yeah. I know. Oh, funny. I, I think I bought it pretty early on and didn't know that there, I don't know if they did have colors, but it's great because it comes, if you're watching the video, like yeah. it comes with this thing, it color, it balances your colors really quickly. You can blur out the background. So look how much different this looks compared to like this. Like it looks professional, even though, you know, yeah, exactly. Whatever. You can like reframe oh, very it. Cool. Yeah, so, so I have your I have your okay then. I didn't I was just about to ask what kind of camera do you have? Because it looks so professional. So that's the one. Okay, cool. And that's actually on the not very expensive, but cheaper and when it comes to cameras, like under two hundred bucks. So yeah. They might have even that's gone good. down. They used to be more they used to be okay. more like two fifty or something, but it's great. I love it. They are constantly updating it. It's a fantastic thing. And then then you would want to get a microphone that plugs directly into your computer, which is what you have there. Yes. Um, right. And that can be your setup. So you don't need to have the iPhone setup. So either or we'll I'll, we'll make sure you can link to both um, or all both options. That's kind of the minimal gear setup. And honestly, when you simplify your gear to that level, the tech side of editing becomes a lot easier versus getting a complex camera and starting complicated like it's not actually better to have a good camera necessarily you know mm -hmm. so minimal I, here i'm all about it 100 <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm also the same on with the same idea sometimes i feel that you get just excited to buy all the gadgets rather than doing the work do the work and then you can up your game with all the gadgets because they're just going to you know the makeup on everything what you're doing um you know what? I do want to ask you a question because you kind of said it with, with what we did not like really um, talked about it. So you were saying that you were looking for type of videos like the how to type of content and then you transitioned into people who are actually following you because of you, because of who you are. That is super interesting and I, I don't think that I have heard anyone else talking about that exactly, right? And that is like authenticity in my opinion, right? So when did you make the change? Was it like a conscious change? This is the way how I want to go, move on forward. Uh, what did it imply like when it comes to creating content for that specific purpose or how did it shift it? I think that is my question because in, in my mind is that is, a okay, I'm at level one, I'm going to level two, but you know, the gap, it's very, very high. It's going to be like different stuff. So how yeah. did you went about it? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And one that I'm very much still in the exploration of, like, okay. I feel I 
took a break in I've there's very few breaks that I've taken in my five years on YouTube. I was, I've always prided myself on like staying super consistent because that is a big part of the process. And you can learn a lot about yourself in staying consistent. But in December this last year, I was like, you know what? Like it it is time to decide where I want to go from here because it kind of got to a point where my top videos were like top five microphones on Amazon how to record your screen and then how to talk naturally on camera. Yes. And so YouTube wanted me to make those over and over and over again. And it was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't talk about the best microphones anymore. And like, I just don't want to, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I want to talk right. about like spirituality or whatever it is, you know, the things that really light me up. And so I began this exploration, I'd say, like I took two months off from, I think December and January, I took off, or maybe it was January and February. I don't know. I don't know, one of those. And I just started watching tons of YouTube. So like that example that I was talking about previously, where you need to watch to see what's working right now, that is a something that becomes relevant no matter how far you are in your journey, is really seeing what's out there, what's working. And I started noticing that there's another side of it. And I felt like, oh my gosh, how have I been living under a rock that the only way that I've been playing YouTube is this how-to kind of side of things? What if I did start changing it? And so I I really began that exploration probably in March of this year. Once I started, because I had filmed a regular batch of videos and then I kind of began to shift my content. And it's been a very hot, cold journey where it's like, oh, I don't know if this is working. Let me go back to how I used to do it. And then I'll release mm-hmm. another like video related video. And then I release a, one that's a little bit, you know, more exploratory. And it's it's been a very challenging process because from a numbers perspective, all my numbers are going down. My ad revenue is plummeting. And all the YouTube coaches that I've talked to, because I've talked to a lot throughout this process, that is normal. It is a re- calibration kind of experience to to tell slowly train the algorithm and like where you're going and like you said it's kind of a scary experience but I know it's the right move and I know that it will bring more freedom in the future and so I'm willing to kind of just sit in it and be like you know what I'm getting through this we're gonna make it happen come out the other side and it's working it is creating more resonance with the people that are true fans versus just coming in and wanting the best microphone, which is a very different individual. It's not that you don't care about the best microphone, right? That maybe is how I hooked you, but it's like, then other people begin to like really care more about like the person behind the brand and yeah, just more behind it. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I think that's really important because most of the time what I see is it's really that like also the type of content that I created, I started creating for the podcast is a typical type of content. And then there are like seven pillars and then based on those seven pillars, all the content is going to be created and then so on and so forth and so on. And what I noticed is that right now it's one something that I actually, this is something that I'm sharing with my audience as well, just like 
right now be, being authentic right um yeah. something that i i am noticing is that the topics that are really genuinely they are interesting me like how to be more productive project management uh, advertising since we are running an, an advertising agency so all those kind of stuff that are really like making me going like oh, that's i want to learn more and i want to share more and i'm so excited and i do also have like legit good content to share on people are not going to resonate with anymore because they are so used to what is the latest what is the whatever what is the how how do i make money here and there and whatever you know with all the kind of like what's the next shiny object that they might be looking for you know so it's really um i think it's very helpful that i heard also your uh, perspective on this because you genuinely like running a large channel like seventy thousand subscribers um almost on youtube only right so that says a lot that you're willing to okay this is who i am <laughs> get used to me or just like leave you know so i, I love that I, I love that a lot but let's chat some more about human design you were talking about a lot of spirituality about like this transition i believe that this new transition it is about human design would you mind sharing just a bit more about it yeah absolutely so in 2020 when i was going through that you know, experience of starting my online course and launching it three times, I found out about human design and discovered my type, which is there's five types in human design. One of them is the worker bee. This is the someone that can keep going and going and working. And they love, love spending time feeling productive, feeling like they're driving towards a mission. They're, they're busy. They can stay busy. That's called the generators of the world. There's a subtype called manifesting generators. Then they're the energizer bunny and they can kind of bring things into reality in a way, that, especially the manifesting generator. Then there's another type that is called the projector. And the projector is someone that's kind of sit, sitting outside of the doers of the world. You're observing the doers and you're really watching how they're operating and you're seeing, oh, here, you're really frustrated here. Why don't you try doing something this way? Or you're really being inefficient here. Let's create a system to make this more efficient so that you can bring more of that satisfaction back into your life. That is my type, the, the guide. I'm here to guide energy rather than be the doer. And so when I was in the midst of this 2020 year where I was deeply going in and spending tons of time launching an online course, which was really sold to me as more of a passive income strategy type business, it was very time intensive. It was not passive income by any means. And so I started recognizing this misalignment that was occurring between like who I was born to be, which is what your human design kind of shares for you versus who I was being. And just to finish the two types in case someone wants to attempt to put themselves into a category, and then you can look up your birthday, um, you go to mybodygraph.com or jovianarchive.com, and then you type in your birthday, the time that you were born, where you were born, and it spits out a chart and it tells you, am I a projector, a manifesting generator, a generator, um, a manifester is the next type or a reflector. So a manifester is someone that is also kind of outside of that doer energy. They're not going to necessarily run and make something happen. They're not a super slave. Um, like not, well, 
they anyway ignore that <laughs> they they <laughs> are someone <laughs> not that a, generator, yeah, yeah. a manifester can be a super slave as well as a projector because yeah. if we get caught up in the doer energy we can think that we are that when we are not um and it can seem like we can do twice as much as the doers but they're really here to kind of sit back and follow their own urges to initiate on things they're the kings and the queens of the kingdom that say we're going here and then they get the generators in place the doers the energizer bunnies to execute on their plan and they have to find people that are satisfied executing on their plan that is very different than the kings and queens that had slaves you know to to make things happen um but that's their type is is the visionary in a way um, and the manager getting it all done. Then there's another type that is also kind of outside of this system of being the doer. They're the reflector. And there's only one percent of the population that are reflectors. So if you are a reflector, it's very unusual. And as well as a manifester and a projector, right? The world is not necessarily made for these individuals. So as a reflector, you're floating around and and kind of sampling different energies of different people, different places. And you're the canary in the coal mine that really is saying something's off here. Something's wrong. Something needs to change. You're analyzing things and reflecting back what needs to be changed. Um, So that's kind of the reflector type. So when I learned this, just like any personality test, I mean, I was a big fan of the Enneagram. Um, I I dove deep into that one and other ones too, like the disc model or anything like that. There is an element of these tests that tell you, that give you words for something that you already know intuitively, but now it's like you have a way of describing it. And so the system, when I discovered it, I was like, tell me more, tell me more. And I've been saying that for three years now. (laughs) And I've dug so deep into it and I've got my hands dirty and I've gone in and I've studied it and I at at great depth and I've connected with some top leaders within this, within this system now to see enough to say, wow, there's something here. Like this is real. This is not just, it's kind of freakily accurate. Um, And so I've begun to kind of become my own experiments and watch things unfold. And it's as I do that, my business is beginning to look so different. And that's part of where the authenticity is coming from. It's coming from a complete restructuring of my entire life, of how I operate. And the business is kind of that last thing to be kicked over in a way. And so I'm in the process of kicking it off the cliff and seeing what lands, you know, (laughs) the, uh, the Phoenix that's burning everything down and seeing what rises from the ashes. It's very much that experience right now. Good. Wow. Thank you so much. That was so in-depth and I love it. So how is this like different? I think that something that we are using, it's, I'm not sure if you heard, heard about the Gallup strengths finder. And they're basically what they're doing is like, which are your strengths and which are the top strengths and be still with those top top strengths. Because if you're going to try and become like someone else and like work on other skills that maybe are not the same level, actually you're going to focus on the wrong thing, right? And that was, I think the one that really opened up my eyes. And 
what is interesting is we did it both for myself and my husband and then we started doing it also for our teammates so it was really like okay so she's motivated by structure for her everything needs to be structured okay she's motivated by similar to what you were saying the working bee right so um my husband is a working bee i am really like I got like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do, but I am going to work, 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 work to please someone else, right? So it's interesting how, how you are saying about those things. So I think my, my question is like, are these different? And if so, which are the differences between those two? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, and I, I, even as you say that, I'm like creating a mental note in the background, like it'd be awesome to do a deep dive into that system and do, do a comparison, right? I, I don't know that one as in depth, but I have done it previously back when it was called Strengths Finder. I think they rebranded. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would love to go back and get mine again. But really what it's the way that it's similar is that this is it shows you strengths that you have access to in in the same way says don't work on your weaknesses. <laughs> like I know that that system really hones in on that. It's like work on what you're already good at versus trying to be someone you're not, like you were saying. And there's an element of that with human design. What's what's really unique about human design is it shows you who you were born to be, which is really your nature, versus how you were nurtured, how you were uh, impacted by those around you and where you changed to be someone that you possibly are not really. So while the strengths finder calls out cer certain strengths, this one calls out certain strengths and says, hey, by the way, these are where your weaknesses are. And this is where you've probably been conditioned to be something that you're not and where you've maybe made yourself wrong for it, where you've kind of been led astray, where you've had traps in your life that have kind of pulled you into a, just a totally different way of being than you are. And here's how to return to it. Here's how to return to who you were born to be. So, and it's also a system that incorporates many different modalities. So it's pulling in the I Ching from China, which is a, a system that involves hexagrams. And it's, it's, a, it's a big part of Chinese culture from my understanding. Then also the tree of life or the Kabbalah, which is kind of Jewish mysticism as well as the chakra system, as well as astrology. And also, um, it also pulls in more exoteric elements like science and DNA and, and things like this. So it's, it's a lot of systems in one that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And so it's a very complex, really mystical system that is grounded in reality and way more accurate than anything else that I've ever seen. So it's more holistic, I would say. Yeah. It's kind of from my perspective without discounting any of these other systems, because I think all the other systems are incredibly valuable as well. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's really, really cool. I never heard about it. Like, I mean, I never heard seen, never heard other person than you talking about this. So thank you so, so much for sharing. Yeah. All right. So to be super, super respectful of your time, I, I'm not sure, like there are people with whom I love to chat and there are people who are like, oh my gosh, it's already like, okay, 
two minutes only you know so and i'm so so happy that you were one of those people that i just like love it and it, it, i just have to respectfully okay let's end it uh, <laughs> but before we are ending it a few wrap-up questions so um first questions goes like this what is the a 50 dollar or less investment you recently made in something that helped out during the past month that is professionally related hmm. so no no diapers <laughs> Under $50 professionally related that massively helped me out. Yes. Oh, gosh. I need a second. <laughs> okay. Seems like you have ideas. I don't know. I'm, I'm... I can make it easier. $100 then. Okay. Hold on. Let me think. I haven't bought things professionally in a bit. Um. God, you're stumping me on this one. All right. Whatever you bought that was super helpful then. Okay. Hold on. Let me think for a second. You're going to have to cut these pauses. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I feel like there was something that I recently bought that was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But now, yeah, I'm struggling to think about it. I, I guess, all right, this is a super simple one. Okay. I, personal item. Love it, love it. This water bottle is all amazing. Right. It's a giant okay. water bottle with a sippy, you know, lid. Right. So you actually drink enough water in the day. I love that thing. And, and you have you it always in front of you. So it's yes. plenty remedy. Love yes. it. Love it. Love it. I, I used to have something like that, but I don't know. I just switched offices so often, you know, and it was similar to yours. It was just a, a bit smaller. But right now I can feel on my lips that I'm not drinking enough water. So that's definitely a very good idea. Yes. I love it. Are you a reader? I hope you are, because I'm asking you book questions. So which are your sure. top two favorite books and why do you love them? All right. So top favorite books. When you asked this initially, I thought initially I thought non or fiction fiction. There's a book called redeeming love. That's absolutely amazing. It's actually a Christian author, um, but it's an inc incredible book about uh, a prostitute back in like the gold rush era who falls in love with someone and gets like pulled out of that and like heals through the process. So it's a really beautiful book. Um, from a nonfiction perspective, I, oh my gosh, there's so many. One of the ones that have massively impacted me, that's kind of like one that everyone, every entrepreneur should read is The E-Myth, as well as Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Love it. Great books. Great, yeah. great books. Did you know that the Emit is and Dale Carnegie, the, those are the two books that are most and Rich Dad are the most like uh, reminded of my guests here on the podcast. So it means that they are really, really good books. Yeah. How to Win Friends and Influence favorite. People. My grandfather yeah. gave me that in like the fifth grade and was like, you need to read this. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. It was amazing to have you on. Last question is like for those who are really interested in what you're doing and 
they want to find out more about you, get in contact, uh, what is the best way to do so? Yeah, so I'm in a very pivotal moment right now to where I'm actually about to rework my website. I'm about to rework a lot of things. And the the best way I would say is if you are interested in video or human design, get on my email list. And the two ways to do that is the quick start guide to video, which is a three-part video series that breaks down like what topics to choose, how to script your videos, all that kind of stuff versus the quick start guide to human design that goes through all the different types, shows how to get your chart and how to also begin to see your shadow areas. Um, so I'll make sure you have both those links. Those are, but beginning on the email list is definitely the best. That's really my tribe. In addition to subscribe on YouTube. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Let's make it 70,000 happen. It's just like, just a bit of <laughs> love yes. it, love it. <laughs> it was amazing having you on. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for, yeah, during the whole episode, I felt that it's really authentic. It's really relaxing. So thank you so much for that. That's an amazing experience. Appreciate good. It. So glad. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> to our amazing audience, be good. See you next Wednesday. Have a good day. Thank you.